Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are you? It's time for the tech news for Thursday, August 4th, 2022. And first, I thought I should follow up with a story that I talked about a little bit on Tuesday. Namely, that Apple has recently filed an emergency motion with a court in East Texas, arguing that its human rights have been violated in Colombia. And if you didn't hear that story, you're probably saying, what the heck? So let's give a quick overview of what is going on. So Apple's products that use 5G make use of patented technology, and Ericsson is the company that owns those patents. Apple doesn't want to pay the licensing fees for those patents from Ericsson, so it stopped. Ericsson has reached out to several countries asking the court systems of those countries to ban the sale of any 5G Apple products because those products are infringing upon Ericsson's patents. And it worked in Colombia. So Apple filed an emergency motion uh, about that. And then a Texas judge said, look, just because you don't like what's happening doesn't make this an emergency. You got a court date coming up 
where you're supposed to hash this out with Erickson, just wait until the court date. And don't pull these shenanigans again. It's not an emergency if you just want to have an earlier court hearing. Then Apple filed another emergency motion, this time alleging that its human rights have been violated under the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Anyway, the bit I didn't talk about on Tuesday, uh, was is a bit I hadn't even heard about yet, is that this really is a bigger picture thing. It's not just this one thing that, that is absurd just on the face of it. We have to look at how absurd everything is. And according to Apple, Ericsson is demanding a higher licensing fee for these 5G technologies than they should. That the price tag is exorbitant. It's predatory. And that Apple doesn't want to deal with that. And that was why Apple was going to take this whole matter to court to hash it out to determine if those licensing fees were too high. See, Apple argues that the 5G patents that Ericsson holds should be grouped under fair, reasonably, and non-discriminatory, or FRAND terms, F-R-A-N-D. FRAND is a concept that's usually brought up in anti-competitive disputes. Uh, The argument is that some patents are so important for general tech applications that the holder of the patent should be compelled to license them fairly to other parties. And refusing to do so is akin to holding a monopoly over that technology. So Apple is saying Ericsson is asking for way too much money, which is why they originally asked to settle that dispute in court. But then, so so they go and do that, right? They get they get a court date, which is for several months from now. It's like at the end of this year. But in the meantime, while that court date is off in the distance, Ericsson then stepped up the pressure by getting Apple's stuff banned from sale in Colombia. Ericsson kind of did a blanket approach and Columbia said, okay, so it actually happened in Columbia. I don't think it happened anywhere else. So in other words, what Apple is saying is that Ericsson has overstepped rather than waiting for the court case to actually find out if in fact the licensing fees are egregiously high or if they are fair. Further, Apple is implying that Ericsson knew that the court was going to find that the fees are too high, and then decided to throw this Hail Mary pass to get countries to ban the sale of Apple 5G products, uh, and that this was a sign that Ericsson was trying to outmuscle Apple, like to say, hey, if you don't pay our licensing fees, you're not selling anything at all, and that's going to hurt your bottom line way more than paying us what we're asking for. So Apple filed the emergency motion in an attempt to get that original court date moved up so that this could be resolved faster. And the courts uh, resent that because the courts say this isn't an emergency. That's not what emergency motions are for. That's not an emergency. Uh, Yes, you know, there's this ongoing dispute between these parties, but that doesn't meet the standard necessary for it to be an emergency. So the courts have so far declined to acquiesce to Apple's requests. And uh, I feel like that extra context was needed because my report on Tuesday, I feel like that was really harsh against Apple specifically. Honestly, I don't feel like there are really any good guys in this one. I I, I feel like Ericsson's uh, movements were not great. I feel like Apple's movements were also not great. So I'm not willing to, to say one party is definitively the bully and the other one's definitively the victim. 
but rather to say like, no one here has behaved particularly well, except perhaps for the judge who keeps telling folks to stop putting up nonsense in their courtroom. Now, it looks like we're in another big real estate bubble burst situation, which probably is something you didn't expect me to talk about on a Tech Stuff episode. But in this case, uh, we should actually call it a fake estate situation instead of real estate situation. Also, I should add, I totally stole fake estate from a subreddit at some point. That's not mine. I wish it were. I wish I had thought of fake estate instead of real estate. No. Anyway, the the virtual real estate I'm talking about is stuff that's related to the metaverse. So last year, specifically around November, when Facebook changed its name to Meta, metaverse hype was really on the rise. It was skyrocketing. And we saw a lot of ridiculous land rush-like behavior, uh, some of it ranging around stuff like NFTs, which really had peaked earlier in 2021, but still were a big topic of conversation, and also to things like cryptocurrency. And then we saw people purchasing virtual plots of land on something that doesn't actually exist yet. Uh, By that something, I I really mean a fully realized metaverse. The virtual blocks of land can exist on actual platforms, meaning there may be servers out there that host the virtual landscape that people are purchasing. I'm not suggesting that the the virtual plots don't exist at all, that it's just an idea and not, you know, on a server somewhere. But you can't really use them for anything other than kind of acting like a placeholder, at least not as far as the metaverse is concerned, because there is no metaverse yet. According to the information, the the journal, the information, prices for virtual lots have dropped by 80% over just six months. Now, there are several different ways we can look at this. One would be to engage in schadenfreude. If you happen to be someone who does not care about virtual land grabs, you didn't participate, you have no stake in that, and you saw people going bonkers over it, maybe you're feeling kind of pleased with yourself and a little happy at their, you know, misfortune as they see the investment they make drop by 80%. Another reaction is to feel a little sympathy for people who are swept up in the excitement of the metaverse through no fault of their own, really. I mean, there was so much hype. I mean, they did, they lacked the use of critical thinking. So I guess you could argue that was somewhat their fault. But when you are in a hype cycle, it can be hard to see reality. And some folks just got carried away. And my heart does go out to those. And then, of course, there's a range of other reactions you could have. I personally find myself going back and forth between being snarky, schadenfreude man and being kind of feeling a lot of compassion for the people who were hit by this. And we've seen a lot of related markets take a few hits this year, right? NFTs were kind of the canary in the coal mine because even before we got to the whole meta stuff, people were already starting to lash back against NFTs. Uh, I feel like NFTs came too hard, too quickly at too many different people and the reaction was rejection, especially in places like the video game community. That was a that was kind of a litmus test for how certain populations would reject the NFT value proposition. I think there was a really enthusiastic investor community around NFTs, but a lot of the rest of the world just said, yo, this is kind of stupid. And now to be clear, I am not saying NFTs are inherently stupid. I think there can be legit uses for NFTs. However, 
I will say I think NFT speculation is stupid. I think that treating it like a commodity is stupid. I don't think ultimately that's the right way to use NFTs, but that was the way that that got the spotlight. And we saw such ridiculous examples of it. And to this day, it's still happening. It's just happening on a smaller community, right? We also saw cryptocurrency values tank and then virtual real estate prices tank. And we've seen this play out in grand scale with Meta, right? If you look at Meta and you look at how Meta has to communicate its approach to developing a metaverse, that's kind of... Uh, again, an early example of of the difficulties that are across the entire landscape. You know, Zuckerberg actually tried to get ahead of that fairly early on. He cautioned investors that the creation of a fleshed out metaverse was going to take many years and a ton of investment, billions upon billions of dollars of investment. But I think shareholders get antsy when they just start to see how big the costs and losses are out of the Reality Labs division at Meta. Now, does that mean, does all this mean that virtual real estate is dead in the water, that we're not going to hear about it ever again? No, I don't think so. I think what we're seeing is, you know, what someone might call a market correction or that we've seen the hype peak and now we're on the downside slope of the hype cycle. But eventually, I think we're going to see things level out and then climb at a more sustainable rate. It seems pretty clear that we are going to get something that we might call a metaverse. We might get several somethings that we call metaverses. And that real estate is going to matter when those somethings emerge, right? Because if people are actually going to these metaverses to interact with one another, having a a a position, a stance within that virtual space will be really important because otherwise you will miss out on any kind of interaction you could have there. So if you're a business, then yeah, I guess it does make sense to think about this. I just don't think it made sense to pour enormous amounts of money in an unproven and and not ready market so quickly. Uh so I figure it'll take a little bit longer before things start to look stable enough to support a robust virtual real estate market, but we will get there. Also, as for me, I'm just going to live in a real world hut somewhere, just the real world, not the virtual world. And I will remain blissfully ignorant of all the virtual mansions and sky palaces and underwater villain lairs and whatever else folks might make in the metaverse. Y'all have fun. Uh, it's not for me. All right. One thing that is for me are several more news stories. But before we get to those, let's take a quick break. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. 
there is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All 50 states' attorneys general here in the U.S., so the attorneys general for each of our 50 states. It's a confusing thing to even have to say. They have all united to fight a common enemy. Robocalls. Specifically in this case, robocalls coming from foreign numbers. So a few years ago, we saw real movement to curtail robocalls and spam calls within the United States. Uh, The government would require carriers to incorporate tools designed to detect and prevent these kinds of calls to create databases to help uh, cut back on robocalls and spam calls. And those requirements first applied to the major carriers because they held the, the bulk of the responsibility. They also had the most capability to respond quickly. And then the smaller carriers were given a bit more time to comply. They were still expected to comply. They just didn't have to do so at the same speed as the major telecommunications companies. And now this new push is to task what are called gateway carriers. These are telecommunications companies that field calls from outside the country, so foreign calls that are coming into the United States. And they are tasked with the the uh, responsibility of determining whether or not the calls are legal. If the calls are not legal, then they should be blocked. Josh Stein, the attorney general for North Carolina and one of the leaders of this effort, said that the team plans to hold phone companies responsible for allowing illegal traffic to pass over U.S. phone signals. And you might wonder how all this is going to be managed, and I don't know. But I am in favor of having fewer phishing and spam calls hit my phone, so... I hope whatever plan is put into place works. SpaceX says that its next generation of Starlink satellites 
which the company uses to provide internet service to satellite customers, will be, quote, invisible to the naked eye when at their standard operational altitude, end quote. This move is in response to the global astronomy community, which has grown concerned that huge networks of small satellites will block views of the cosmos and interfere with terrestrial observations of the universe. And I think this is Starlink getting ahead of any regulations that would otherwise force the company to change how it does business. As to how Starlink has achieved this goal, I don't have any details. If I had to guess, I would say that this next generation of Starlink satellites are going to be a little bit smaller and maybe placed in a slightly higher orbit than earlier satellites, and that's how they are quote-unquote invisible to the naked eye. According to UK supply chain management company Fleet Assist, electric vehicles on average are 22% less expensive to service compared to similar internal combustion engine vehicles. The firm says that some factors that likely contribute to this lower cost of maintenance are things like electric vehicles have fewer moving components, so there's less stuff that wears down through normal use. Uh, On average, it takes 33% less time to repair or maintain EVs than ICEs for comparable jobs. So that means labor costs are also down. And EV parts are frequently less expensive than ICE parts, again, because the design tends to be simpler with fewer moving parts. However, Fleet Assist warns that we might not see this go on forever, right? We might not see that EV expenses are lower than ICE expenses at the garage because there's a thought that garages are going to increase their prices in order to maintain profitability. Like, the garage is not going to say, well, it costs less for us to do the work, so I guess we'll just make less money. They might say, it costs less for us to do the work, so let's charge more so we can make more money. (laughs) So while EVs would continue to be easier to work on compared to ICEs, the advantage from a cost-to-consumer perspective might dwindle over time. Streaming Digitally has asked an interesting question. What happened to HBO Max original movies that just plain disappeared? The piece mentions several Warner Brothers films that were on HBO Max but aren't there anymore. And HBO is part of Warner Media, which now, in turn, is owned by Discover. And just in the interest of full disclosure, once upon a time, Discover was my corporate overlord. This was several years ago, however. And all of this has led to speculation that Discover is planning on making some big changes to its streaming strategy, which we should hear more about today. The company is going to hold its earnings call for Q2 2022. Analysts expect that we should hear at least something about a new unified streaming service. Maybe Discovery Plus will lump in HBO Max underneath it and it'll appear as a tab. Uh, There's also an expectation that we're going to see a massive change in production. Uh, that anything that would overlap between HBO and Discover, that is like, you know, reality television and stuff, that's going to be smoothed out so that Discover becomes kind of the reality TV side and HBO becomes the more fictional side. So could be that some reality series that are under HBO go bye-bye. Also, it sounds like we're going to move away from producing expensive content just for streaming platforms. Uh, One big example of that is the film Batgirl. It was supposed to be released to HBO Max. It was in post-production. It has now been shelved probably forever, at least indefinitely. And uh, the reason for that is David Zaslav, the CEO of Discover, doesn't feel like the reward of streaming this content is worth the expense of producing it. 
that this is expensive stuff. And if you're going to make expensive stuff, you should darn well be releasing it to theaters and getting money there. So I think this is a case where Zaslav said, yeah, it's not worth pouring more money into Batgirl to fix it because it had been testing poorly, reportedly. Uh, let's just not worry about it. Let's cut it as a loss. There's also a general feel that Zaslav's going to be holding some layoffs later on down the road and and kind of whittle down the organization. Uh, I know that I've seen a lot of speculation on that. I- I'm kind of curious to see what happens. There's a lot of HBO content I actually really like, and I'm kind of worried about whether or not such stuff will continue to be produced. A lot of it ends up being produced for the the cable channel as well as the streaming service. So we'll have to see. Zaslav's a, a cable guy. That's where he comes from, and that's where he's done the bulk of his leadership. So maybe, I don't know. I don't know what to predict. I do worry about some of the smaller uh, departments and companies that Warner Media owns and whether or not those are long for this world. I suspect we might see some of those get sold off in the months to come. Well, I've got a couple more stories that I want to talk about, but before we get to those, let's take another quick break. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Chinese mega company Tencent wants to increase its stake in game developer Ubisoft, or Ubisoft whichever pronunciation you prefer. I'll probably go back and forth between the two because I'm a mercurial imp. Now, I did a couple of episodes about Ubisoft last year. I kind of detailed the history of the company as well as how it recently had to go through a reckoning due to allegations of a corporate culture where harassment and worse had been tolerated for years. Really, really ugly stuff. The company has kept a fairly low profile since then uh, with a lot of layoffs and, and firings of people who were associated with that scandal. Anyway, they are now looking at Tencent coming in and buying up more of the company. Now, Tencent already owns about 5% of, of Ubisoft and reportedly wants to increase its stake in ownership so that it becomes the largest single shareholder in the company. Tencent also has a stake in a lot of different companies, and particularly in video games. And reportedly, one reason for this move to increase its hold on Ubisoft is that Tencent wants to focus more of its resources on global markets. And one potential reason for that is that within China, there's been a bit of a crackdown on the video game industry, with the Chinese government taking the stance that games can potentially be harmful and thus should be regulated. So that might explain why Tencent is wanting to take this, this extra stake. No telling yet if this is going to happen. The family that owns 15% of Ubisoft would have to agree to sell it. So we'll have to see if that happens. Uh, but maybe Tencent will make an offer that they can't refuse. We'll have to see. Finally, one of the scary realities of the oncoming quantum computing era is that the encryption methods we rely upon today will, at some point, become useless. Now, for this to happen, you first have to design the right algorithm for a sufficiently powerful quantum system. But if you were able to do that using quantum computing, you could break standard encryption so quickly that it would be trivial. So another way to think about this is that at some point, these systems will be powerful enough and have the correct algorithm necessary to create the equivalent of a skeleton key that can unlock every lock in existence, and there will be no more secrets or something. So knowing this, computer scientists for years now have been working on developing new encryption systems that in theory would foil quantum systems. So this is like the next generation of encryption to keep systems safe, even in an era of quantum computing. This means it requires a totally different approach than the way a lot of encryption works right now. And one of those approaches called Psyche, S-I-K-E, which by the way is short for super singular isogeny key encapsulation, was looking pretty promising. The U.S. Department of Commerce has a National Institute of Standards and Technology. That's the that's the, the entity in the United States that uh, 
that uh, accredits standards in tech, they held a competition. And the competition had the goal of creating the next generation encryption schemes capable of holding off quantum superiority. And Psych had made it through several stages of the competition. It was doing really well. And then some researchers using a perfectly ordinary standard computer with a single processing core found a weakness in Psych's algorithm design. Now, I am not going to pretend that I understand what happened, and I sure as heck am not going to try and describe it because I would just muck it all up. But I will say that using a mathematical approach, the researchers were able to predict and then retrieve encryption keys from the algorithm. So this would be like getting hold of any key coming out of this system and being able to make a, an instant copy of it. Uh, at least for that particular encryption method. So it is not secure. The psych creators said they were surprised by the researchers' approach. Uh, this was something they hadn't anticipated. So they were you know, kind of surprised to learn about the weakness of their design. They, they hadn't looked at it from that perspective. And I think of this kind of like, if you were to build something that has really strong strength against compression, really strong strength, real well-spoken there, Jonathan. Anyway, that you could compress it and this thing would hold up really well, but someone ends up coming after your, your structure using a shearing motion and it turns out your structure is not secure against shearing. Yeah, it was really strong against compression, but not strong against this other kind of attack and the whole thing crumbles. That's kind of what we saw here. I think of this as actually a great story. It's one that illustrates that making robust solutions is hard to do and that we need to put them to the test or else we find ourselves dependent upon a flawed system that sooner or later someone's going to figure out how to exploit. So it's better that we find out something isn't going to work early on rather than not figure that out, implement it, and then find out the hard way later. Especially when you think that if someone's really clever and they exploit a system, they might not let anyone know about that until things have really reached a catastrophic point. So this was a good thing. It does, however, illustrate the challenges we face moving forward in the quantum era. And that's it for today's episode. Hope you're having a great day, a great week. If you have suggestions for future topics, reach out to me. One way to do that is to download the iHeartRadio app. It's free to download. Just navigate over to the tech stuff part. There's a little microphone icon there. You can click on that. Leave me a voice message up to 30 seconds in length. The other way to get in touch with me is on Twitter. The handle we use is techstuffhsw. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought 
in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 